0: This is On The Left Side, The Alternative Football Show. Well, they only demands certain things. We know that by the people he sign, what he wants and what he expects. And then ball boys better watch out. <laughs> watch out. I'm Jim and this is your twice-weekly wander through the fields of football, stopping on occasion to smell the funny flowers. God, that's a terrible metaphor. Let's move on. This season, the BBC have decided that Gary Lineker needs to earn his crust, or should that be crisp. Instead of the Queen Mother of Football just sitting on a shiny studio sofa, trying not to be distracted by the nipples of Alan Shearer protruding through his overly tight shirt on Match of the Day, they decided to stick him in a cab and send him all over the country to talk to the Premier League's football managers in their natural environments. This week, it was time for a trip to East Manchester and meet with Pep Guardiola. Last season, the Manchester City boss got a little bit of a reputation for being grumpy with members of the Associated Press when they asked some difficult questions. But, as this was Gary, the most difficult and controversial the questions were likely to get was things like, do you take sugar in your tea? As expected, the whole thing was pretty friendly. There was even a bit of reminiscing about the time the pair shared at Barcelona. Do you know I, I was in your period, I was a ball boy? Yeah. And I give you balls to do when you are in there. For a moment, I thought, what was this? Pep knew Gary back in his Barcelona days when he was one of the best footballers in the world, no doubt enjoying the hedonistic lifestyle that that kind of profile brings. Was he about to reveal something? Was he about to dish the dirt? Something sensational about Gary Lineker? The stories of the women that Gary smuggled back into the treatment room at the new camp. A secret addiction to golden wonder crisps, perhaps. And always I remember, always I ask you the t-shirt after the game, and you never give me. Oh, well, that's... um... All right, I guess. They never allowed us to give away shirts so <laughs> No. Days. Nowadays, they have many shirts. Yeah. But I do love how Gary switches to typical English man talking to a foreign guy at the end of that little exchange. They have many shirts. Yeah. They have many, many shirts. They are big, big club. How you say club? Comprende? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the news that Pep was a ball boy at Barcelona perhaps explains some of his more recent actions on the touchline. During last week's victory over Crystal Palace, you may have spotted Pep deep in conversation with one of the Etihad ball boys, arm round shoulder, hand over mouth, delivering some top secret information. Why was this? Because obviously the ball boys were to blame for City's lacklustre start to the match. With the ball boys, it was slow. Everybody was slow. And nobody go to take the ball and start to play. So it's five, ten seconds before one guy go there, take the ball and start to play on. Good! It's nice to see Pep getting into the swing of things in the Premier League by passing the blame onto others. Klopp blames the weather, Jose blames the club doctor, and now Pep blames the ball boys. God forbid the players should ever take any responsibility. Although this isn't a wholly original concept, you may remember a couple of years ago when Pep's current Manchester counterpart, Jose Mourinho, also spent some of his time to impart some of his knowledge onto the Premier League's ball boys. Whilst he was Chelsea boss, the special one famously called Leicester City's ball boys a disgrace to the Premier League and even threatened a Crystal Palace graduate with physical violence if he didn't stop slowing down play. I had the chance to get the kid and the kid was was cute and uh, yeah, he was. And he came to me and I told him, you do this, one day somebody punches you pushes the kid or punches the kid or, or kicks the kid. Don't those two tactics demonstrate the perfect difference between the City and United bosses? Pep is a arm-round-the-shoulder kind of guy, whereas Jose Mourinho, well, he prefers the subtle communication tool of threatening to spark someone the fuck out to get his point across. Thankfully, no ball boys were harmed this weekend at Old Trafford as United emulated City's win last week over Palace and grabbed three points of their own. Those three points were earned despite new Palace boss Roy Hodgson's foolproof plan for turning things around at Selhurst Park and helping him achieve that much sought-after top 17 finish. (laughs) The first part of Roy's plan was a top secret behind closed doors friendly against the giants of football, Bromley. A team with such a fearsome reputation that I had to actually Google them to find out where in the UK they were based. It's South London, by the way. They're in the National League. The second part of that plan is yet to be completely fulfilled, but if rumours are to be believed, it's to bring in a new striker who could fill the gap left by multiple injuries to the likes of Christian Benteke and Wilfred Zaha. That man? Carlton Cole. Apparently Roy is looking for a free agent to join the team, and topping his list of wanted players is the ex-West Ham striker. That's the same Colton Cole who was recently turned down by Southend United and that was released last month by his Indonesian club for being overweight and unfit. The Palace faithful must be thrilled. But I guess this is what happens when your scouting network consists of a copy of Championship Manager 2002. Personally, I cannot wait until Roy Hodgson hands in his transfer target list to the board for the January transfer window. Next item on the agenda, the manager's targets for the transfer window. He's identified Michael Ricketts, Lee Boyer and Kevin Lisby. And next to each of them, he's written very, very, very good players. Speaking of shopping lists, there seems to have been a bit of competition between the Daily Mirror and the Daily Mail this week to see who can come up with the most inane and pointless football story. And I use the term football story in the loosest possible way. Let's start with the Daily Mail, shall we? Who managed to print a headline this week that read... Alexandra Lacazette and his girlfriend pop to Tesco. I've read this story a few times now, and most of the information there within is pretty much summed up within that title. Apart from the line... The Arsenal superstar, who earns in the region of 200 grand a week in North London, took a trip to Tesco on Wednesday to pick up some essentials. As if earning £200,000 a week somehow excludes you from the joys of a Tesco meal deal. You shouldn't be eating a prawn mayo sandwich, it should be roast swan every day, whether you like it or not. Still, not to be outdone, the Daily Mail hit back with a slightly more intriguing headline of... Harry Kane gets Rooney's advice on DIY. To be fair, there's a bit of football in this story. It's actually a story about Harry Kane wanting to emulate Rooney's success on the pitch and thus will need to build some kind of trophy cabinet. Although the mail have somehow excluded any type of football reference from the story, instantly instead conjuring up images of Rooney... hammering. you know what I mean? This is where we are now. This is modern-day football journalism. Football no longer sells newspapers. What sells is football players doing normal things. Because of this, I've spotted a gap in the market, and I've created the first artificial intelligence football headline creator. Here it is. I am the AI headline generator. All I do is pull this lever here on the machine, and it will throw out and predict a tabloid selling headline to help sell a few extra rags. Are you ready? Let's see what it can do. Deli Alley, eats a new noodle. Great. Let's do another one. From the Lululekarku watches EastEnders. Insightful stuff. One more to go. Sergio Aguero and Cheese Toasty. Uh, okay. They've probably got one of these already. At the Daily Mail. That's it. We are done. Thank you for listening. Please come back again. And if you're considering coming back at some point, then why not hit the subscribe button however you listen to this podcast and you will get all future episodes delivered to your virtual doorstep and your ears as soon as they are ready for free. Free. But for now, at least, bye-bye. On the left side is written and produced by Ant Mac Dinley and Jim Salvation for abrupt audio. Right, as I'm recording this before the United game, I'm just going to do a line in case they lose to Palace. All right, um, here goes. Unfortunately, Palace weren't able to get the three points and Jose Mourinho, sadly, brutally murdered a bull boy with a corner flag. I'll do. Jose actually came out with a sort of thunderous look on his face and then Jose absolutely furious and he will know that there's cameras all over him at this point. It's almost like a sort of a display from him. a statement, isn't it? He's obviously not happy. He starts counting, I think, in a minute.